Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2023, and what an incredibly great day it is. And I'd like to take the time to say happy birthday to several Cryptopian celebrities today. We have... Paul Dio from New York, New York. We have Maya Kerpinski, and she is from Berkeley, California. And we also have Dwight Dyer from Dallas, Georgia. To each and every one of you, I say happy birthday. May today be filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding that you deserve on this is your Ladies and gentlemen, I have a quote that I want to share with you today, and it says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. And that is a Chinese proverb. And I'm going to say that again in case you missed it. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is today. And that is definitely in alignment with what we're talking about as it relates to the money. The best time to save for retirement and start investing and all of those things was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. And so even though you may be late to the party, today is the best day because today is the first day of the beginning of the rest of our lives right ladies and gentlemen so i'm super excited about what i'm seeing what i'm hearing you know i like snooping and i'm going to tell you all and i'm going to share with you what i saw this weekend or not even this weekend because i'm acting like it's monday what i saw last night when i went on my little snooping tour around the internet and as you know, there are some select sites that are held and operated with millions of people, not just here in the United States, but around the world that want to make America great again. And I thought that I would share because I hadn't seen this pop up in my feed so much, but maybe the algorithm is figuring out what I'm actually watching and it's giving me more of this. But I will say to you, ladies and gentlemen, that on my quest to kind of snoop and see what other communities are talking about because they want to make America great again. I started getting these feeds last night in this thing that they're calling woke wokeness, wokeness at its best. And that's what it says. Wokeness at its best. That's what a couple of them say. And I actually see that they are posting surveillance videos. And when I say surveillance, not that they were doing surveillance, but something was caught on camera 
and they're taking what was caught on camera all across the United States where African-American men specifically, I saw one or two that had women, but African-American men specifically are creating crimes. They're, they're being involved in crimes. I'm going to say it that way. And when they're involved in a certain crime, they actually, at the end of this crime that they were trying to commit, being actually gunned down. Now, I will say this. I'll give you just two instances so you'll understand what I'm saying. So I log on to the social media platform. It does not have my picture or my face on it, but I'm on it so I can figure out what's going on. And so in my feed last night, uh, there were about 10 videos, but the two that were most notable were there were two African-American men that had gone up to a car in the middle of traffic, I believe. They were in their intentions were to carjack, but instead of them being able to carjack, the person on the inside of the car started shooting through the windows and it looked to me as though it killed one of the perpetrators. And then the second video was an African-American gentleman coming into a store, a convenience store. He was going to rob it. He snatched the gun from the owner. As he took the money, as he took the gun and exited the building or tried to exit the building, the owner then took his extra gun out that was behind his back and he gunned the gentleman down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what this is doing is disseminating information to every single individual on these platforms that black men are out creating crimes or I say creating committing crimes and that they need to be ready and have backups to make sure that they're able to handle their business. Now, the car respectfully could not have driven off based on the fact it was kind of um, it was kind of boxed in. But that's neither here nor there. What the, the, the conversation is, is this is what woke looks like you getting threatened or a crime committed against you and then you're able to protect yourself gun down and kill the person that's the perpetrator of the crime and this went on on in my feed time and time and time again and so why am i sharing this because we need to understand what all falls under this new headline of the parallel economy that I'm trying to share with you that is being disseminated across this United States. So diversity, equity, and inclusion is slowly being squeezed out of the minds of those that might be doing something to help in that space because they feeling like black folks or black men, specifically what I saw are the ones that are the perpetrators of all the crime that is happening in our country. And they're being dealt dealt with by the fact that these individuals have guns and they're taking care of business and there's no quotes. There's no comments. It's just smiling faces or either where some, you know, the emoji where they're laughing um, and so that is being something that's pushed into that community. And I just want us to be aware of it. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. So today, this afternoon of course i'm on one because i'm i'm telling y'all this parallel economy is something else and everything that they're trying to push uh just really putting targets on our back and i just want to make sure that our community is well aware that this is what is being disseminated 
And uh, it's it's in a big way because they have millions of followers on these platforms. And so they're talking about transforming from working uh, of working class into this parallel economy as well. They're talking about a whole bunch of things that I talk to you about. And I'm just going to constantly bring this up, even though it has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. That definitely has something to do with the economy. And we need to know about it. We need to be ahead of it before it happens. And so one of the things that I must admit is that they have a very good game plan for moving their community from the working class into this new parallel economy that they are building. And so where the work needs to be done is we need to really get on our P's and Q's to make sure that we have an agenda for black America. And again, I'll put it out there. If anybody knows Ice Cube, I know he put together a whole platform or a whole plan for black folks in America, a contract with black America. I like to speak with him and see how that, how we can add actually uh, put cryptocurrency in there and really make some adjustments to some of the things that he was stating. And I don't think he was in the wrong direction. I think he was in the right direction. We just have to really get it implemented and move it from being a piece of paper to an actual movement in our community. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to start this part of my segment saying to you what Claus Swab said during the pandemic. I want to make sure keep this in the front of your mind so you understand why I'm saying what I'm saying and how and why we need to position ourselves a little bit differently. He stated, you'll own nothing and be happy about it by 2030. And it appears, ladies and gentlemen, that they are on track to do exactly that. And why do I say that? Let's talk about something that you know, we really don't talk about often or I don't think anybody on the midday money chain has talked about this, but universal basic income. What does that look like? What does that mean? And so universal bank uh, basic income is a social welfare proposal in which all citizens of a given population regularly receive guaranteed income in the form of an unconditional transfer payment. Now, this is something that we're going to revisit. I'm going to talk back about universal basic in income. And I think this is the form that they're going to try to push as it relates to our reparations. And let me tell you why I feel they're going to have to do this. And this is actually another quote. We know that the WEF members get together. Uh, and this is the World Economic Forum. Again, we're talking and they're talking all about money. I need you all to listen to something I am going to read. It's not a quote, but I want to read exactly what they stated. And I want you to understand why it's critically important for us to rethink our educational focuses. And I know several months ago when they announced the 
unveiling of the property that they were building another college in South Central Los Angeles. Some of you were bucking me saying, oh, my goodness, it's terrible that you don't think that it's good that we have another college coming into our community. Absolutely. In my opinion, one of the worst things that they can build because they're putting us in debt and we're graduating with degrees that will no longer be needed. They will be useless. And as a result of the uselessness of these degrees that we're getting or the reason we're going to college, you can go to definitely go to college. I just think that there's a different reason you ought to be there. But that being said, they're beginning to call us useless individuals. And why are they saying that? And I'm going to tell you what a quote or I'm going to quote what was said during the World Economic Forum. Um, and one of the elitists did a speech at Carnegie Council and I found both of them. And it says in the 20th century, you saw automation in agriculture. So I need you to follow me. So we're talking about. I'm, they say 20th century, but I'm just going to keep it 100 slaves, individuals in the fields, picking crops and things of that sort. So you saw automation of agriculture. So lots of unemployment, unemployed farm workers actually moved to the work industry. And then automated automation actually reached some of these other industries. Now, this may have been our grandparents. Well, I'll say our great grandparents, not necessarily our parents, because our great grandparents were doing some agricultural stuff. And then we moved to industry. So like my grandparents, my grandfather worked for Rockwell International, the auto, um, not auto. Um, he astronaut. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Space. He worked in the space industry uh, for a while. And then my grandmother was with Pac Bell, which was later AT&T. Right. And then technology came in. Automation came in and reached those industries. And then a lot of people had to move to work as cashiers. And let's just use Walmart. But this is what this individual said. Walmart. In those cases, what happened was people lost low-skilled jobs, and then they transferred to other low-skilled jobs, and then moving from being an agricultural worker to working in a car factory in Detroit, you moved again from one low-skilled job to another low-skilled job. When you lost your job at the Detroit car factory, and got a new job as a car, a cashier in Walmart. Again, you moved from low skill to another low skill. But if the next stage in the evolution of this technology is losing your job at 45 years old as a cashier at Walmart. And now there's an opening as a software engineer at Google. Because of the fact that we're moving into this virtual world, it is going to be extremely difficult for individuals moving from Walmart or any place else to get some of these other jobs. So it doesn't matter how many jobs are out there. If we're not skilled up to get those jobs, 
we are very likely in massive trouble. And so even though the jobs report shows that all these jobs were added to the workplace or to our country, people are ill prepared to step into the place of some of these jobs because they're around technology. Now you might want to pause and say, so Naja, we go ahead and start making sure that our children are skilled up in the technology space. I absolutely agree to a certain extent because now on the scene, ladies and gentlemen, we have artificial intelligence, which is snatching jobs left and right from even the skilled tech folks because they're applications of artificial intelligence that are doing almost everything. And so most of the unemployed masses will not be able to make the transition. So again, we need a plan in place because everyone else in this United States is talking to their community about what this transition looks like and how it's going to adversely affect them if they're not in place. And so what is it we need to be doing? Uh, definitely really thinking hard and long about the things that we're going to college about or to learn and really making sure that we're going to be able to transition into a meaningful, gainful, sustaining type of an industry moving into this new world order. And so it's really, really important. And so as we look at jobs, as we look at uh, some of the things that are happening, uh, we're understanding that uh, granted, there's going to be nothing that people can really apply for. Because I'm going to tell you that 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 Google job won't be there either. Because AI might just take that over. So what are they going to do with individuals that are going to be unemployed and looking for different things to do? Number one, uh, on our side, we've really got to look into the entrepreneurship thing. So we'll talk about that at a a later date. But we've really got to reflect, reimagine and reset our communities to understand that the reason they're starting to talk about universal basic income is because they know that people are not going to have jobs very soon and they're going to have to do something to get people a little stifened just enough to make it so that then they're not robbing and stealing and killing and some of those things. And so they're talking about this universal basic income. And again, another day we'll get all the way into this universal basic income, but this is not a new concept. In fact, uh, presidential candidate Andrew Yang in 2019 started promoting are talking about his plan for universal basic income. And so now a lot of people have now started to see if they're going to be able to implement this in their different regions. And it's been really quiet because they know that jobs are about to be lost and things are about to change. So if there again was never a better time to start saving today is the day, but I just pulled a couple of articles from some of the people that are piloting this thing called universal basic income. And again, they want to take your money to get your kids through school, get your kids through college. And then have them 
have all this massive amount of debt on their shoulders and not be able to actually have a sustainable job. And then they'll be able to fall back eventually on this basic universal income. And so as it relates to that, Denver's Universal Basic Income Project reports early success. Then there's another one that I found. It's time for universal basic income advocates to consider the federal land divide. Um, and then there's another one that says universal ba basic income study legislation to be introduced in Pennsylvania. Then Mayor Preval proposes universal income among other programs in Cincinnati, Ohio. Universal basic income, nearly $2,000 a month will be trialed in England for the first time. And so this isn't just here in the United States, ladies and gentlemen, all around the world. They're talking about universal basic income. So basically you need to see or look at why are they so focused on making sure that universal basic income is in place because they know something is coming where their constituents, where their people are going to need assistance. And if they have these things in place or they've lobbied for these things, they've set aside monies, they've tried to do some trials to see how people are going to act, how people are going to react. This is how they actually usher in these things. And so you're hearing this probably five to 10 years from it coming into full fruition, but at least you're ahead of what's happening as it relates to this universal basic income. And so they are definitely looking to see that this is not just here in the United States, but all around the world, as I've stated. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after news, sports and traffic, we are going to jump into the cryptocurrency conversations. This is KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So let's jump into the cryptocurrency side of things since we've talked about some macro things at the beginning of the show. And so the first thing that I want to really jump into is our actual current cryptocurrency uh, price quotes. And so we have Bitcoin right now trading at $29,889. It is up in the last hour, 0.80%. In the last 24 hours, it's up 0.64% in the last seven days. It's down 0.58%. Ethereum is trading at $1,893. It is up in the last hour 0.03%. And in the last 24 hours, it is up 0.56%. And in the last seven days, it is down 0.68%. As I look at the XRP, it is now trading at 78 cent and it is up in the last hour 0.06%. In the last 24 hours, 1.02% up. And in the last seven days, it is up 13.10 cent percent. So I um, definitely tell you all to please take a look 
at the market. Just keep a close eye on any cryptocurrencies that you may have other than Bitcoin. Of course, the reason I say you don't have to keep an eye on Bitcoin because Bitcoin is going to do what it's going to do. You just have to do like me or be like me. I'll say be like me. I'm not providing any financial advice, rather just my experience and what I'm dealing with. And just really waiting and anticipating what 10 to 20 years looks like for us. And so I'm excited about that. So a couple of things that are happening. As you all know, yesterday I stated probably one of the first to report that the Fed now program is now out. And again, I am going to say to each and every one of you, the Fed now service is neither a form of currency or a step toward eliminating any other form of payment, including cash. Now, this is just the railways. This is just the on-ramp. I say on-ramp and off-ramp, but more like the railway. This is not the train. These are the tracks that are being laid. And the only thing that the Fed Now Service is doing right now is making sure that they can make transactions faster so that you don't have to go in and do a wire today at three o'clock and it doesn't show up until Monday. I don't know, sometime in the morning or the afternoon. Right. And so they want this to be instantaneous. And so the Federal Reserve built this Fed now service to help make everyday payments over the next coming years faster and convenient. So that's all this program is. So over time, as more banks choose to use this new tool, the benefits to individuals and businesses will include, they say, enabling a person to immediately receive a paycheck. Well, you can do that with Bitcoin already, but that's neither here nor there. That's what Fed now is doing. A paycheck. You get your paycheck immediately or a company can instantly access funds when an invoice is paid and a lot of times you know with some of these um platforms you've got to wait 24 hours and especially on a program like um i wanted to say Venmo, but paypal they go ahead and hold money when you first get started i think i had to wait almost 25 days for my money to be released because I had never had that type of money coming through my account before. And they just wanted to make sure that it was money that was good. But for a new business owner, that's strangling. And so, uh, but this Fed now program is supposed to cut out some of that. And there are only certain banks that are doing it right now. Everybody hasn't been authorized to do it. So just pay attention to that and see what it's doing on the cryptocurrency uh, front, by the way. Um, there is a lot going on. So I told you for those that are bad actors in the space, they are literally going after everybody. I'll say they're going after some good folks along with the bad folks, but it's good that the bad folks are being brought to justice. Everybody so far, other than Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, and you'll hear a little bit of, again, why I don't think that they're going after him as much because the politicians that he's paid will be exposed. But Bitfinex, that was another exchange, just like my exchange, but they were Bitfinex. Uh, they got hacked. And the hackers, which we know is was an inside job, ex-employee or employer, but 
the hackers actually had to plead guilty in court today. And it was a, I don't know whether they're husband or wife, but it was a lady and a man couple who allegedly they laundered billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin um, in 2016 and they reached a play, plea deal with the United States prosecutors so uh, folks that were involved in the Bitfinex hack you will be getting some of your funds back they weren't able to get all of the money back but they were able to get at least 3.6 billion of this money back and so you can go to uh, probably the U.S. prosecutor's office and file a claim if you were a party that had been taken advantage of and that your Bitcoin was actually stolen from Bitfinex in 2016. And I'll go back and say, ladies and gentlemen, there are several of us that have been in the space that long and have had and suffered all of these uh, atrocities at the hands of hackers and that's why we have been saying from day one to custody your own coin even if you have to buy it on a platform then um, you want to make sure that you take it off and put it into your own private wallet and the reason we say this is because we've lived it this is not us just getting involved and wanting to jump on the bandwagon we've lost money we've lost bitcoin i've lost tons of bitcoin that i don't ever think i'll get back and even if the pros the people that uh did what they did get prosecuted they're only giving us a fraction of what the bitcoin is worth now not what it would have been had we still had it in our pockets so you live and you learn and so we educate you for that very very reason so ladies and gentlemen one of the other things that is happening is that indonesia actually launched a cryptocurrency exchange and clearinghouse now what makes this so important well they don't want any of their um, residents doing it on their own. They have to do it through the National Cryptocurrency Exchange, which was announced and opened today through their Commodities Future and Trading Supervisory Agency. And it's called BAPIDA. And so they're going to be able to sell Bitcoin to their people in their country and they're going to be able to be like a clearinghouse for them as well so ladies and gentlemen when we come forward we'll continue the cryptocurrency conversation this is kbla talk 1580 now, now let's get back to ahead of the crypto curve with naja roberts on kbla, KBLA talk, talk 1580 all right welcome forward welcome forward so let me just make sure that i am clear as to why we are talking about Indonesia launching its cryptocurrency exchange. They are making sure that they are controlling all of the indi individuals that are purchasing uh, cryptocurrency in that part of the country. And so, again, taking something that is supposed to be designed for us to be on our own, to actually... Um, to actually ensure that we have our own self-sovereignty with our money. They're taking it and they're controlling it for their constituents, for their country. And currently in Indonesia, there are 273 million people and just under 
11 million people had invested in cryptocurrency. So that's roughly 4% of the country's population that is right now involved in cryptocurrency. So again, we're talking about this being international money and not just national money. And so they're doing uh, something where they have an exchange, but they also are doing a clearinghouse and a clearinghouse the way that they're looking at it just mediates between a buyer and a seller. They're the middleman. They've created themselves a cryptocurrency bank that the government actually owns and operates. And they're the mediator between these buys and sales. So, so of course, they're saying that they want to make sure that the transactions go smoothly. But are they're also controlling who has it? when they have it, how they have it, and they're also keeping track of who's spending what and who's saving what, which is going to benefit benefit them later on. And so this is just really interesting how this is being laid out in Indonesia. So just in respect of understanding, the United States population uh, around, I think the last one here, let's just see. Um, it says... Let's see. Oh, that's the world population. So the United States population is around 331 million. And in Indonesia, it's about 273 million. So we got about 100 million people more. But a lot of them are turning towards cryptocurrency more there than are here in the United States. So that being stated, uh, Sam Bankman Free, which I talked about a couple of days ago, they're being very slow to bring this this gentleman to justice. I'll say it that way. But right now today, FTX, which is the platform that Sam Bankman Freed actually founded and ran, they're somehow suing Sam Bankman Freed and the former executives to recoup over $1 billion that they have stolen from people. So the restructuring team that's in charge of the bankruptcy for FTX is suing the former executives of this cryptocurrency exchange and the sister trading firm, which was Alameda Research, to recover this billion dollars. That was, they said allegedly, so I'm going to take out the word alleged, this $1 billion in money that was misappropriated. These folks went out and bought houses and yachts, luxury condominiums. They donated to a lot of our political uh, candidates and folks that are still in office right now, they donated to them. And so that's the reason why I think we're really slow to get this these folks under the gun because they've got to really talk about who they donated to and what these relationships were, right? So charitable causes that they gave money uh, and speculative investments and other pet projects. So they took everybody's money. People thought they had Bitcoin and they just did whatever they wanted to do with it. They enjoyed they was living their best life. And the former executives issued more than seven hundred and twenty five million dollars worth of equity to themselves. And the Bankman Freed and Wang, Wang is Sam Bankman Freed's counterpart. He got or used fifty four five hundred and forty six million in misappropriation of funds to purchase a stake in Robinhood. 
So, again, when I tell y'all to stay away from Robin Hood because it's Robin the Hood, you understand that now there's a bad actor. Not now, but a bad actor is running parts of Robin Hood as well. And that was Wang. He is one of Sam Bankman Freed's uh, co-founders. It was just the two of them that came up with FTX in the first place. But this is a problem, in my opinion, and it is just consistently happening in this space but you can protect yourself again by doing your daily dollar cost average on whatever platform you're going to do it on right now and then making sure that you're taking it off the platform and putting it into either your edge wallet or your ledger wallet with that being said we're having a ledger in me one two three tomorrow but you must have your ledger in your possession already and you must have a computer that has a windows operating system on it it can't be a chromebook ladies and gentlemen you can't set it up with your cell phone it must be on a computer you must set it up with the computer so tomorrow is crypto essentials and it is also the ledger and me one two three so if you'd like to attend any of those please feel free to send me a text message at four two four three one seven seven three seven three again four two four three one seven seven three seven three when we come forward we'll continue the conversation this is kbla talk 1580 all right welcome forward welcome forward there was a notable thing that happened today that i wanted to make sure that i share a gentleman by the name of Craig Wright, who says he is Satoshi Nakamoto. So we all know that the person that created Bitcoin was a pseudo anonymous person that used the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, he says that he is Satoshi Nakamoto. And so he filed an appeal um, on it, and, and it got granted today, actually, because he wants the right to argue in litigation that the Bitcoin, the the actual logo, that B with looks like the dollar sign, but it has, but it's a B. He wants copyright protection. So he doesn't want anybody to use that B on anything. He says he is Satoshi Nakamoto. So I think one of the things that they need to say is if you're Satoshi Nakamoto, then access this wallet full of Bitcoin that has not been moved in years. And uh, since actually not in years, in 14 years since since Bitcoin was created. But anyway, this gentleman wants to uh, make sure that Bitcoin, the symbol, is his intellectual property and that anybody that uses it and reads the white paper and the database or whatever, it all belongs to him. And so a court already ruled in the UK that he was not... Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto he wasn't entitled to these things but he's back ladies and gentlemen and he likes attention just like Elon Musk so get ready for a long drawn out thing it doesn't really matter to you but it matters to those of us that are printing up merch and have logos and all these things because it could mean we would have to pay him to use it but we wouldn't have to do anything as it relates to our wallets or the Bitcoin that we hold we just have it, but we don't have anything that symbolizes it that um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with this. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I want to thank you for rocking with me here on the head of the crypto curve. I hope the information this morning was valuable. We'll we will. And I promise 
to take a deep dive into universal basic income, UBI. It is uh, not set in stone, but it definitely is something that everyone is keeping their eye on, especially with the jobs reports that we know have been falsified for the most part and the job labor market that is really tightening. And so we've got to find a way to take care of people here in America. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for rocking with me. Please ask a family member or two to download the app. A lot of people still think that they have to listen on AM radio. They can download the app and listen from their cell phones. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley show and we are creating Satoshi Millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, ladies and gentlemen, and one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.